question for both of you. Do you remember when you realized that Santa wasn't real? Are you gonna put this on the podcast? Yeah. What if someone who believes in Santa watches the podcast? Well, what's the point? That's the point of no return. It's because my uncle giving my brother and I presents that said it was from Santa, but he would also give us cards on Christmas from Uncle Joe and it had the same printing. And then when we asked Uncle Joe, we said, are you Santa? He goes, well, it's not like I can say anything to deny it now. <laughs> He's crazy. His name's Joseph Joseph. That's a great name. What about you, Tom? Actually, something similar to that. My mom has kind of like, I mean, you know your parents' handwriting, mm. you know? And then for a couple of years, always I would look at the um, gifts under the tree. It would say to Thomas from mom or to Thomas yeah. from dad, but it was all the same thing. And then the Santa gifts would come out on Christmas night or Christmas morning, and then it would be the same writing. So as a kid, I was like always kind of like, hey, my mom and Santa have the exact same writing. That's cool. <laughs> Just oblivious to it. Yeah, but then <laughs> one day I, I found a present wrapped from Santa. <gasps> oh, my God. And then after that, I kind of bartered my way for my mom to tell me that Santa wasn't real. Right. And then I, I don't think I ever saw another present from Santa because my mom just kind of out of spite, right. would never give me another present from Santa again after that. Wait, so you were 13? I was pretty old, yeah. I was like 12, 13. Right. Asha, how old were you? I don't know. I must have been in grade six. I thought that if my parents knew I knew that Santa wasn't real, that they'd stop giving me as many presents. Mm -hmm. So being the greedy little bugger that I was, I pretended I believed in Santa until grade nine. My mom was like, there's no way. Please, just give it up by now. Like, <laughs> you don't believe in Santa. Literally. What about you, Jax? See, you guys are so much smarter than I am because I never figured it out. I was just told. Matea just told me. It was Ooh. like one day, it was just like, Santa's not real. <laughs> and then they went on from there. Maybe I asked. Maybe I was like, is Santa real? And Matea's like, no. <laughs> you believe in Santa? Mateo no. That, eh? yeah, it was, it's, <laughs> How old were you? Oh, I was little. Like, I was still like, little. I, but I remember going then to my classmates going, Santa's not real. Did you know? You're awful. You are yeah. the worst kind of person. But I was so sad. I was so mad about it. That I so you decided everyone. to take your rage no out on everyone else? Yeah, no one believed me, though. <laughs> I was like, the, I was the shortest kid in the class going up. Hey, hey, Santa's not real. You Santa's are literally not... from Polar Express. Oh, the the know-it-all kid? Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, you know what kind of train this is? That's actually kind of funny. Want to know why that's kind of funny? Why, Tom? Well, this is a movie podcast. Yeah. And it's Christmas time. Asha. Oh, shoot. What movie are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> I gave you the line. It wasn't and open. It wasn't oh, open. Yeah, okay, okay. It okay. wasn't open. <clears throat> what movie are we watching this week? Today we are watching the Polar Express Featuring Tom Hanks by Robert Zemeckis. Uh, who also made movies like Back to the Future and... Pinocchio, Forrest Gump. Oh my gosh, he did do Forrest Gump. Yeah, Back he's, to he's, the Future. He's a sleeper. Yeah, I'm excited to watch this one. Yeah. it's I, I don't know the last time I've watched this movie, but quite honestly, like this movie blew me away as a kid. I've never seen it. You never seen this movie? No, this is my first time ever watching this movie. I used to hate Christmas movies when I was a kid, so I 
my parents knew better than to let me watch it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm excited to. I I know how famous it is, so I mean, I'm looking forward. I mean, to you've it. seen all the memes. You know, you know the annoying kids. So. Yeah, the one that you look like, apparently. <laughs> Not apparently. This is an undeniable fact. <laughs> you are literally him. I don't know his name. I don't know what you guys are talking about. All right. I don't even sound like him. Without further ado, I think we should go watch it. Yeah, let's go watch it. We watched it. That was awesome. I do look like the kid. I'll give it to you. I'll give it yeah, to you. You idea. sound like him too. I do not. I don't sound like that kid at all. <laughs> you don't like that? You don't like me? I'm going to do the voice now all the time. Please. Yeah, you were the one that kept insisting that I look like the guy. So, Do you think that was voiced by a kid? Or was that voiced by like... I think an older guy. There's no way a real child yeah. sounded like that. That was just embarrassing. Do you think they try to audition for that, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we want you to sound really nerdy. Especially back in 2004. When no, okay. Like it that. was someone born in 1957. Oh, yeah. Who voiced Annoying Kid. That voiced him? He would be nearly mm -hmm. 50 by the time he voiced that kid. Oh, so it wasn't the fact he was annoying. It was the fact he was a chain smoker. That's why he gets, he gets his voice. <laughs> he actually looks a lot like the character, too, which is oh, really? kind of wild. We're pretty off track here. Before we get into it, there are like just some fun things I just want to talk about with this movie, though. Okay, let's hear it. Well, I forgot how good this movie is. This is kind of one that, like, I think, oh yeah, it's just Polar Express. But that was that was a pretty good movie. I had some. I fun. think you say that about every movie. That's true. I once I watch a movie, I lower my expectations of it, and then I right. never watch it, and then when I come back to it, it's so much better. But yeah, it was just some funny things like. It's just the kid walking on top of the train the whole time. There's no way that kid is like heavy enough to hold himself up there. This is the second he climbs up, it's just, <laughs> he's flying right off yeah, that he's thing. Gone. Can I take a little bit though? Because this is my first time watching it. Yeah, I'm curious to hear to say. From like just a filmmaker point of view, like I've never made anything CG. Like I don't have that mm. skill set. But you know, now in like the kind of era we're in, we're almost like ninety percent of everything we watch could be CG, and it's like hyper realistic and you can get away with it so yeah. easily my expectations for something from 2004 with the same kind of technology yeah, yeah. way back it was like i wasn't expecting it to be good but right. the way they made this film and the way they made it look especially with animations and the, the techniques they use which was just like mocap and all that stuff was it kind of blew me away for a movie a m movie made in 2004 and yeah, this would probably this is probably the first movie that like fully used it because there's like stuff like Lord of the Rings where like one of the like Gollum ones. Yeah, this is probably the first movie that's fully fully CG. I want to is that fact? That's check? the fact check. It's that, the first movie to be what is it? Motion, motion capture yeah, that style cool. animation for the entirety of the movie. That's innovative stuff right there. Yeah, so I was really impressed with that. And I remember saying this to you during the movie, mm. how the animations, like with the way the train interacts with the ice, the oh, way yeah. that, like the, it had such good weight to it, mm. which is not so much the character animation, because that was kind of like odd to me sometimes. But when you're looking at stuff like just the train or the bird flying and the ticket flying through the air and that whole sequence, it just had like nice physics to it. it. It really did. It had very convincing animation and it was fun. It was meant to be like surreal, but in the moments where it's like flying across the ice off the rails, that train looked like it was really out of control. It was interacting with the ice in really cool ways. And I was like, I sat there and I just went, oh, wow, like this is really impressive. So I have to tip my hat off to the to the crew and I guess the, the animators who did it. It's, re it's really cool with movies like this that like allow you 
like with animation it allows you to really do whatever you want with the story and this movie really took that and ran because some of the sequences are so cool just like the whole when the ticket goes flying away you see it fly over here and then the wolves have it and kick it up again and then the bird grabs it and then it flies here and then it comes back like that's just a like you couldn't do that necessarily film it so it's just like so creative it's like okay we need this ticket to leave but somehow find its way back they just like okay what's the most like fun way we can do it but just the amount of creativity that go into some of these shots are so cool no i agree i can really see how a lot of people would have this as one of their favorite christmas movies because it was just so different it's an adventure that i don't think you've ever seen before in the typical christmas movies that we've grown up with i really enjoyed it you know that uh IMAX or whatever, like in the roller coaster. Would you ever sit and oh, look at like, yourself like on that roller? Yeah, the, the photo, photo booth. booth roller coaster. Ro- yeah, that's what I felt like. Also, like the Harry Potter ride from Universal. You're talking about like the sequence when they go down the really steep. Down the railway, down the slide, and oh, it was the eagle one that I was like, this is so like Harry Potter. Right, you know? just the way you just stick with things and fly through the air. Have right? you been on the Harry Potter yeah, ride? Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Yeah. I've never known. Oh, it was like being <laughs> on that eagle's back. It was crazy. Well, because I think with those, it's like they're trying to emulate like a roller coaster, right? So it's like up and down and left. So it's with this, it's like you're following the camera, you're going up and then you're going down and you're going left and then you're dropping really. I noticed they did that all the time. I There's a lot of movement. It was actually kind of interesting I noticed they did that a lot in this movie, and I wonder if that had something to do with like a technical limitation that they had back in the day, because nowadays you have so many different options you can use with digital cameras and, and 3D softwares and stuff that you can really do anything you want. I wonder if technology at the time limited them to like a camera on rails, because that was all the action that really happened was a camera going through space very quickly on a kind of roller coaster track. It happens literally while they're on the train track going through like those very fast sections and slow sections. And then when they're in the North Pole and they go into the little pneumatic tube chamber, it's another camera on rails. It's like every fast moving scene in that entire movie was like a camera on rails. I wonder if that was going for a realism, kind of like there was always on Dolly track, right? So like if you're shooting that shot in real life, you would lay down a ton of Dolly track. Or you'd put it on like some drone or something. Let's say it was a real camera. You put a whole bunch of dolly track down. And a dolly on top is basically like a little train that allows you to push back and forth. And you do that really quickly. So I wonder if that's what they were going for is realism. Was trying to make it look like it was always on some sort of dolly track or attached to something. Yeah, maybe. But then I think about it again too. And you just reminded me the whole ticket sequence. It wasn't necessarily. It was. I mean, it was following the ticket, but it was. But that, Osh is really right to say that felt kind of like a little roller coaster thing. Okay, yeah. 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 This, this movie has really great movement and it takes having a, a versatile camera. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so cool some of the stuff they do with the camera. And it's filmmaking that we've never seen before and filmmaking we can't really accomplish in the real world because it really allows you to detach the camera from reality. You know, like there's that shot where the camera goes in under the ice when the bell lands by the boy's feet, mm. right? Like you could never do that in real life. It would be extremely difficult to do, but there's an element that you have to have digital filmmaking a part of a shot if you were even attempt it in real life. Mm. But just completely detaching reality from filmmaking allows you to do insane stuff, which really works into this whole theme of Christmas magic. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, the whole movie really seems to be about you know seeing is believing, and the whole thing is really shot like this one massive dream sequence. Like everything is, the camera does things it shouldn't do. We see things we probably should like. It's just so cool, you know how far that really goes into the filmmaking is that aspect of it all, even including the amount of times we see Tom Hanks as different characters, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's so clearly Tom Hanks, but it's like. Well, is it this much of like a kind of a dream that he's just seeing the same person in his dreams, stuff like that? It's just really fascinating the level of thought that would go into that. And I don't know if it's just me or I, I think that was really cool. Yeah. And it's actually kind of cool you mentioned that it was all Tom Hanks, right? Yeah. A lot of pretty much every character in some aspect was motion capped by Tom Hanks. Mm. And I guess I don't really have this answer, but I'm kind of wondering why production did it like that. Was it to save money? Was it well, too- I mean, ultimately, you would say money, but at the same time, Asha, halfway through the episode, looked up how much did Tom Hanks make off that movie? A hundred million dollars, because he played seven characters. Also, yeah, he was he was a producer on it, so you yeah you make he made like twenty percent of the gross whatever. I don't know, yeah, but then- he made a hundred million dollars. Yeah, so he plays what the little boy. He plays the conductor. He plays. He plays Sandy, plays the hobo. The dad. The dad. Doesn't he? I feel like he plays those two engineer guys. Yeah, he must. He must have. Those totally seem. I'm sure he played the elves. The elves, uh, they sound like Tom Hanks cha- that chain smoked for like 20 years. Yeah. Well, don't forget Steven Tyler was in this. <laughs> Steven Tyler elf. That, that was so funny. <laughs> well, maybe to switch some gears up a bit here. Let's talk about Christmas and how, you know, Christmas movies and you know, that's kind of our theme for this month, I guess, is Christmas movies, right? Yeah. I guess I'll lead into this by saying I know a lot of people, especially myself, look at Christmas movies as only Christmas movies. Right. And you don't ever watch a Christmas movie any time of the year. At least I don't. And the people I know don't. How do you feel the Polar Express stands as a movie on its own? Or do you feel like it's more of just a movie you watch at Christmas or a timeless piece of film history? Like, what would you... What would you think about if I were to ask you that question? I think especially when it comes to film history, like it's so revolutionary for what it did for like when it, when it comes to CGI and stuff. Like think about if technical advances weren't made like this, like eventually someone would have done it. But it's so cool that this movie did it. And it didn't really feel like a Christmas movie. Like, yeah, they're going to see Santa and the whole thing. But it's more about, you know, believing in something than it is about Christmas. But even after that, it's really just takes place on this train that's headed to the North Pole. Yeah, like it felt more of an adventure movie to me than a Christmas movie. Mm. I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that it didn't really say much about Christmas until like the very, very end. But yeah, no, it until the very end, like, yeah, you know what the baseline is, is that it's Christmas based. You're going to the North Pole in this train, but over half of the movie takes place on this train, more of building a connection with the other kids on the train and getting there in one piece rather than oh, this is Christmas and this is the Christmas spirit kind of thing. Yeah, it's just like a kind of a feel-good adventure movie. Yeah. See, I, I had a couple issues with the actual slot and themes of it. Yeah, there really isn't that much there. No. And I think it really was a movie based around the technology that they could use yeah. rather than the whole Christmas spirit that a lot of these Christmas movies are made for. I feel like Tom Hanks saw the budget and was able to make this movie, but the only way he could do it is if it was a Christmas movie because of whatever reason. And he was like, okay, yeah, sure. Well, I mean, also think Monster House, which was pretty much just 
I guess, the sequel to this. And yeah, but maybe this was the test run for Zemeckis to make Monster House. You know, like I wonder if they got together. That's also a Halloween movie, right? It came out after, didn't it? Oh, when did it come out? Asha's already on it. 2006. Yeah, a couple years after. But wait, but like when? July 21st, 2006. July? (laughs) Early Halloween. It's not, I wouldn't call it a Halloween movie though. No? It's just like, you know how horror movies, we don't say horror movies are Halloween movies. Yeah, that's true. It's just like a children's version of a horror movie in a sense. That's actually, I'm going to jump off that point and say Christmas movies only come out during Christmas. But horror movies come out all around the year. So that's like that's true. another thing. It's like Christmas movies are made for Christmas and for the Christmas season and the holidays. I think this movie could stand on its own. I think the only thing that really makes it a Christmas movie is the fact that they go to see Santa. I, th- I think this could work anytime. You could show this to someone at any point in the year and you'd be like, oh, that's, such a, that's a good movie. Yeah. Especially at the time, too, because I keep thinking back to when the first time I saw this movie, I was like, oh, my gosh. Is this real? Yeah, like we look at movies now, like we have Endgame, Multiverse, like all these Marvel movies where it's like, if it's not perfect, we get very upset. Yeah. How different it was because we, we've gotten so used to it though. So there were such high critiques of it, right? Yeah. yeah, like we watch She-Hulk now and if she doesn't have perfect horror distribution across her face and perfect subsurface scattering, we get all upset and complain about the uncanny valley. Yeah. But we also know so much more about it than we did like think back to this when it's like oh my gosh is this real is this yeah. fake i wonder when people i wonder if people watched this back in 2004 if they felt uncomfortable by the character models and this whole uncanny valley thing what is the uncanny valley i'll try my best to explain it here from my understanding the uncanny valley is like when someone or something is trying to impersonate human emotion and they push the boundaries of how close they can get but because it's not quite human and not quite real, humans have a reaction where we're kind of like pushed back by it and feel a little uncomfortable. But the further away from human emotion you get, it takes you on one either side of the Uncanny Valley. Like it's way above like most animated movies, like Disney movies and like Pixar movies and stuff. So like one side of it's cartoon, one side's real, right? Yeah, and there's a spot in the middle Specifically when you're trying to recreate human emotion Mm. with an object or within a movie or something digital, there's a spot where you can really tell human emotion, but it's not human. Yeah, the eyes are way bigger than a human's would be or the faces. So we can comfortably recognize that, Mm. but then we can also comfortably recognize things that are nowhere near human, that are nowhere near human emotion, and we can comfortably recognize them as well. But then somewhere in the middle, there's a part where there's not quite human, trying to demonstrate human emotion, and that's our dip, mm. where we look at it and we're like, that is not human, trying to be human. It just freaks you out, like you're looking at some, like, golem. Exactly. Right? Where it's just this creepy... And then that's where we go, oh, that's weird. And that's the Uncanny Valley. Right. Did that trigger for you during this movie at all? I was looking for it, because, I mean, I've seen this movie before, and I was curious, because I haven't seen it for a long time. Because I know when I watched it, I was blown away, and I thought, this movie was real as a kid watching it back now there's moments there's moments where it's really like oh oh, what's wrong with that but i mean you can never really put your finger on it right yeah and that's the uncanny valley that's the uncanny valley it's like you don't know what's wrong with it but something's wrong but this there's a lot of moments especially a lot of shots where it looks so good especially without the people in it 
like there's a shot of when the train stops on the ice and you see all the ice like that's built up on the train on the wheels and stuff. Hmm. There was a couple shots like that that were really good. But again, there's a couple shots in there that didn't. But for the most part, I think they did a pretty good job. Like, for example, one of the things that we see in CG that usually trigger is the way the mouth moves. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when we talk, we can't actually move like with a muscle. We can't move our upper lip. We move it by pushing in or pushing up. Yeah, like with our like cheeks, lips, right? With our cheeks or with the bottom lip. Mm -hmm. You just can't, you can't actually push up. For example, when you animate something like that and the lip needs to move up, you just animate it to move up. And that's one of the places where the Uncanny Valley pulls in is because we see that, we realize that looks weird, and then just pulls you out of it. Yeah, like that weird flap that an upper lip does in like a video game. Yeah. And it's kind of weird. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. All that to say, this movie did a pretty good job of that upper lip. Now, that's what I was specifically looking for because that's one of the things I know. Right. Right? But it was pretty well made. What do you think, Asha? The waiters made me very uncomfortable. You know that hot chocolate scene? Their eyes did not move. Their <laughs> eyes did not move once, and I wanted to vomit. It was really creepy. And those elves, like, I was completely repulsed when I saw the Steven Tyler elf. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I couldn't. Oh, my gosh. That was terrifying. That's another thing, too, is Steven Tyler's a very recognizable person. Mm -hmm. And they, it, it's obvious they were trying to like mimic Steven Tyler's persona in an elf. Right. And like in all the other characters, it's not like they're trying to make Tom Hanks look like Tom Hanks, you know, like mm. they, these are still characters that resemble him in one way or another, but they're not Tom Hanks. No. You know, it's, they're close, but not quite. The Steven Tyler elf was like gross. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, that's yeah. supposed to be him, but it's not, you know? And that's another thing too, is when you get, a person a person's likeness and try to mimic it in in digital software that's another thing that really triggers it for people yeah it's like the rock the classic shot of the rock in i don't remember what movie the mummy is. scorpion king yeah, yeah the scorpion king yeah, yeah yeah that's another famous example right video games have been doing it a lot remodeling after the actor that plays it yeah and sometimes it hits and sometimes it just doesn't i guess to wrap this whole thought up I think this movie does it okay. For the first film that ever did it, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. Also, wanted to Asha's point, saying about the waiters in the hot cocoa scene. You said how their eyes didn't move and their eyes looked dead. That's another thing they did. So all the main characters, and I'm shocked for the first one of the first movies to ever do this, did it so well, is they had the light in the eyes. Think about, I think it was King Kong. I don't know which version of it but i remember seeing something and they were talking about how they showed to you that king kong had died what they did was they took that light out of his eyes what i learned in college was that if you light your scene where you don't have a light in your character's eyes no matter how good the performance is no matter how nice it looks if you don't have at least one tiny little light in an actor's eyes, it's going to look weird to your audience. Well, yeah, we're so used to looking at each other eye to eye. When I'm talking to you right now, I'm yeah. looking right in your eye. When I look over yeah. Asha, I'm looking in her eye. That's where you look when you talk to someone. And when you don't see it like you normally see it, right? It's And that's also why when a focus puller is doing his or her job, you're focusing on the eyes. If they're in frame, it's the eyes that you want in focus. Yeah. You know, unless there's something very pertinent to the scene that needs to be put in focus. But any other time it's the eyes in focus and there's 
a subconscious reason for that, which jumps back to the uncanny valley and how humans perceive other emotions. It's all in the ice. The fact that this movie was very aware of that added another level to how impressive it was. Mm-hmm. Hey, can we can we take a quick break and tell you about our Patreon subscription and its juicy benefits? Uh, listen to this, and uh, we'll be right back in a minute. Hello, listeners. It's Jackson's mom. I'm here to tell you about our Patreon. If you subscribe to our Patreon starting at $3 a month, you can unlock early access to videos and podcast episodes, be a part of live episodes, receive free monthly gifts, and hear full versions of our podcast with bits like this. Have you watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the original version where it's like they're felt? I have not. You need Wait, to. Wait, you haven't seen that one? You need to. His little noise goes... Like I said, I didn't. I never watched Christmas movies. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the OG version. Oh, I love it. And the abominable snowman. I wanted him to be my boyfriend when I was younger. Honestly. <laughs> oh, sorry. No joke. Not like the actual guy, but like, you know the guy, the little mountain dude with the... Yeah, the ginger oh, so beard. You want Jared to be your boy. <laughs> I want the mountain man, the like the abominable snowman dude. Like you know what I'm saying? Like he was always with the snowman. So subscribe to our Patreon today at Patreon.com/slash/JacksonStudios. And now back to the show. Thanks, mom. Uh, where were we? Now, how do you think it held up as just a movie? In terms of story, writing, cinematography, performance, how do you feel about the movie? Putting all the technological improvements aside. Overall, that was a pretty bad story. Like There really <laughs> wasn't anything there other than... Like, because the whole thing was about him believing, right? But that was like the B-plot of this whole movie was him believing. It was just little conversation he had. It was fun, and I enjoyed the movie, but it was just like, there was nothing there. Yeah. Especially because we've been writing recently, so you and I have been really focused on story, story and it was just funny to see. What about you, Asha? As someone who's not necessarily super into the world of filmmaking as Jax and I are, what did you feel about just the movie itself? I thought that with this whole journey, like, he's rough in it. I was like, wow, North Pole's got to be worth it. And then they bring you to some, like, Soviet era, like, oh my gosh like communist block it was crazy (laughs) there's like steam coming out of the buildings every house looks the same um there is no christmas cheer only industrialism i hated it i hated how north and then santa's like some authoritarian (laughs) like figure like it was so scary like all the elves are in that square they like do a suicide mission jumping off that thing it was (laughs) so terrifying it was so so scary if i was a child i wouldn't want to believe in santa i wouldn't want that to be a reality i would just hope that it was my parents and not this scary like Oh my gosh. You called it out when we got to it, how scary it was when they start singing. What were they singing? There was, oh, it was like... You better yeah. watch out. Yeah. Yes. You better not. God. But they started but they're singing really it slowly. And they're so all like creepy. moving in unison. <laughs> like all the little elves, okay? And then Santa just kicks the door open. And the whole little routine where they bring tourists in and then like nominate one of them to get this early. Like it was so it's weird. Midsummer. It was Yo, so it's weird. it's midsummer. The North Literally. Pole is midsummer. No, actually. Absolutely. <laughs> I think the funniest part of all that is this kid goes through this big journey, makes this friend who is very clearly a non-believer of Christmas 
very clearly grew up in a poor household and like this journey means the world to this little boy. And then at the very end, the main kid gets nominated for present and whispers in Santa's ear, I just want a bell. I was like, dude, how are you not going to give it to Billy? (laughs) Right? This kid (laughs) never got a Christmas present. He literally is here, gone through the same stuff that you went through on this entire journey. And you're just like, yeah, I don't need a present. No, saying I want a bell. I want a bell right now. I'm just happy I can hear the Christmas bell from your sleigh, dude. And then Billy goes home to his tiny little home first. He doesn't even get to do the entire train ride home. He's first to get dropped off, and he only gets one present from Santa, knowing that his parents didn't give him any other presents. That was like, dude, you don't believe in anything. You don't believe in the Christmas spirit. You're just selfish. Right? You get to go home to like a loving family with a sister and two parents who love you and just really want you to believe in the magic of Christmas. And you just robbed this poor child of his life. Like, this kid's going to get into some nasty stuff because his parents didn't love him. And you had every opportunity you could have had. Right? If he gave it up, Billy could have been like, Santa, like, give me a loving family and a prosperous future as a Christmas gift. But no, (laughs) Billy wanted his bell. Yeah. No, not Billy. What's his name? Whoever the main character was. His name is Hero Hero Boy. Boy. He doesn't have a name. He doesn't have a name? No. No. Hero Boy? Okay, so that comes from in script writing, like, your main character is your hero, right? And the villains are the villains. So they just literally just named it Hero Boy. Based off the fact he was the boy and the hero of the story. Yeah. And then the girl is the hero girl. And then I thought the... her name's Sarah. No, the mom's name is Sarah, I think. Yeah. So they say the names, but they credit all these kids. Even the know-it-all boy. Yeah. Speaking of which, I think he deserved to get a present, if I'm being honest. The know-it-all? No, no, you're <laughs> wrong. You're completely wrong, <laughs> and, and you're just I'm saying just... this because he looks like you. I hated that kid. I don't know. I thought that kid was pretty <clears throat> cool. Vomit in my mouth. I hated that kid. Because I, I was that kid when I was a kid. <laughs> I liked trains and stuff. And, like, I would always tell people all these cool facts. And I was just like, yeah, no. I didn't deserve Christmas when I was a kid. Hey, neither hey, does kid. that guy. Hey, you know what kind of train this is? It's a magical train. No, it's the no, it's a- <laughs> locomotive. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, my God. Just let me believe in Santa. So, general consensus is for a Christmas movie, it's, it's historical and it's yeah. nostalgic. But for a movie movie... It was kind of sweet, whatever, but it was very, like, meh. But it was fun. Watching all those sequences and watching all the stuff they do with the camera and the animation, it was fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. I had a blast watching it. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I just, I think it sucked as a Christmas movie. If they took out that last bit and, like, ended the movie on, like, a crazy train crash, I would have been much more satisfied. (laughs) But, like, they had to ruin it. The Christmas scene made me so upset so upset i you really hated it. i really really hated it because are you serious are you serious you're telling me santa is a con- contributor to pollution that's not true <laughs> like it's it just takes away the magic of these elves like hand making all these gifts there's factories and the fact that all the kids are on the tv sleeping that's terrifying that and it's so... real kids it's <laughs> real kids i don't know why it's the only place where like real video footage is in the movie and it's like foot black and white footage of like thousands of children it. sleeping it's I so scary it. not to mention there's just like one dictator elf that gets to decide like right? all these naughty kids and the one kid in the movie who like came off on the naughty list they just repeated this kid like in tears like it wasn't me I it wasn't me yeah, that was so scary. That was it so wasn't scary. i'm like this kid is like five 
and this elf is like, yeah, we'll put him on the naughty list next year. We'll cut him a break. We'll cut him a Except break. Except it was like, we'll put him on the naughty list next oh, yeah. year. Because they like high pitch all Sorry. the elf's no, voices. No, no, no. I'll do, I got the voice for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll put him on the list next year. No, it was the check twice list. The check twice list. We'll put him on the check twice list. It was so scary. What was up with the reversing of, like, audio tapes? You know what I'm saying? Like, when yeah. they were walking in the factory, like, it was like... Oh, like the skipping oh, of the... They really... This is so scary. This is a horror movie. This, <laughs> is a horror movie. this was meant to be scary. I was it's on not, the edge of not, my seat. I was worried. Not to mention that when they're on the train and they go through the abandoned toy thing and then the the hobo starts starts messing with the puppets. That scene totally scared the crap out of me. I gotta be real, actually. This movie does suspense very, very well. Yeah. Like, it really it really triggers uncomfortable when you're watching this movie. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's on purpose and sometimes it's by mistake, but it does it well. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that they took Christmas, which is usually this happy, jolly thing, and just put these kids through hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, he got a bell. He got a bell out of it. Oh, he got Christmas spirit back at the yeah, end. Yeah. And then he put it in his holy pocket and it fell out. <laughs> like, what an holy irresponsible pocket. little child. <laughs> I like that. Asha, did you watch this as a kid? I did watch it as a kid when, like, in my elementary school, we had to we had movie days where if your parents paid twenty dollars, your whole family could go to the Cineplex, the local Cineplex theater, oh, um, and they oh, would yeah, screen rich, the right. Polar Express on the big well, screen. Yeah, you gotta. Anyway, no, no, sorry, Asha. The reason I was asking, um, how did it make you feel as a kid versus how did it make you feel now? Mm. As much as I've been dogging on that know-it-all kid, like I was probably also that know-it-all kid when I was a child because I remember getting in like very very heated arguments with my classmates about like whether or not it was real people um, like in this movie <laughs> like in the, yeah like half the class was like convinced it was like live action and the other half was like no it's animated wow. I thought it was live action I don't remember what side I was on but like that was a heavy debate I thought it was really scary I did I never went to theater nights watching Polar Express because I really hated the elves and it's because I used I grew up with a book, a Santa book that like showed me like uh, it was a little village, okay, and uh, like yeah. everything's handmade, and you know they yeah, they weird. feed the reindeers. Like there's yeah. there's specific elves who tend to the reindeers and like feed them carrots and oats. You're expecting and then this like is the like, Santa Claus. This is like an army coming out and like they're like whipping the reindeer. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> this little rainbow the whip. whip. That was the whip. Are you serious? Santa would not condone animal cruelty. <laughs> That's a really. <laughs> he would that not point, actually, because this takes Christmas in a completely different vein. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, because I, you know, grew up with the Santa Claus, like the Tim Allen Santa Claus, where it was a tiny little cute village, underground, underground, and like. Except when Martin Short takes it over. I haven't. I actually never seen that. Wait, you know? Oh, that's no. like the best one. But yeah, no, it was always this cute little thing where all these elves loved each other and had fun, and now, like, I'm really thrown off at how. Uh, industrial like in it, was so words, it was so dystopian it was so dystopian and like why is santa like the train conductor's really gonna leave that poor kid behind like get the train going we don't want to be late no no santa is a kind and caring man who would wait for him he would wait for him this kid's like talking to a four-year-old and he's like all right well if you don't want to come on then <laughs> yeah, screw you i guess just go home go back inside i don't care I don't care if your parents. We're gonna be late. <laughs> I don't care if you're in an abusive house and you're not getting any presents. We gotta get to the North Pole on time. I I've like never... also time's frozen. Right. Yeah. So it, all of that is just is baloney. Time's literally frozen. That's the whole point. Dogging on this movie as much as we just oh, did. It's, I, it's just fun. Too. I enjoyed it. I genuinely did. I really did. 
I don't think it's one of my favorite Christmas movies that I've ever seen, but I can definitely understand why it's had such a like a warm place in people's hearts because it's just it's adventure and it's meant for kids. It's meant to be exciting, meant to show kids that Christmas is like this big grandiose thing that if you believe in it will really kind of like help you enjoy the holidays and everything it, like that. It's it's really for the kids that are doubting Christmas. And like literally that's the kid in the beginning of the movie who's like, he's looking up the North Pole and like the, the dictionary, well, not the dictionary, but whatever. That was a good little thing. Remember how you're talking about the bell on the ice? Yeah. See-through? Like Look. also desolate land. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And it's like kind of like the little contrast between the two only see-through moments where the first one is him like Ooh, completely doubting awesome. it and the second one is him like completely believing. Yeah, oh, wow. Awesome. Oh my gosh. Good stuff. Asha. I am an English major. I don't understand anything <laughs> about the cinematography, but if you're asking was, about symbolism, good, no, that's, tis that's, a I. that's a good beat of the movie right there. That was good. We've probably been chatting for quite a while oh, yeah. at this point. Nice. We should probably start wrapping her up. I honestly, I'm not a big, big guy in Christmas movies. I've I've watched every Christmas movie probably every year since I was a kid. Do you say so. you've watched every Christmas movie? Well, what did you have say? you met Jackson? I yeah. What I was saying was I've seen every Christmas movie, almost every Christmas movie, every year on repeat. That's what our family does. Is we sit down and watch Christmas movies. Wow. I think for the month of December, it's really. This whole like spiel of me being like the negative Nancy one of this podcast is going to come in true because I don't watch Christmas movies. I've always kind of been a bit of a Grinch. It's really changing this year for some reason. I'm very in the spirit and feeling very festive, but my family never loved Christmas movies. Like Really? Yeah, we've never really. I think I watched like one Christmas movie and that was like Elf or no, it was the Santa Claus when I was young and that was like the only one I would watch. But um, no one would watch it with you. It's just you watch it by some. No, I would make my family watch oh, it. Because yeah. I remember. Were you Billy? Yeah, Is that why Billy. you felt so strongly about him needing justice? <laughs> yeah, actually. Oh well, this is a nice little moment. I remember we would go up to my grandfather's, and he would have the Santa Claus Two on DVD. Oh, is that why you just randomly pulled up the Santa Claus Two? Yeah, and that, I have never seen the original. Just the Santa Claus Two on that DVD, which had like a game on it. And it, like you could throw snowballs at the fake elves or the fake Santa Clauses in that. And I would watch the movie and then just play the video game. But I would make everyone else in the house all watch the movie with me. One of the only Christmas movies I've ever seen was that one. Well, I will, I will, you can come and watch all of them with me. I don't know if I'm interested in that. Oh, I love Christmas, but maybe not that much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought Asha was good. You definitely look like you were going to say something. Was I? All the moments pass. I I hate this movie as a Christmas movie. This movie is the worst Christmas movie, but it's not a bad movie. It demoralizes Santa. It does. <laughs> and it, it um it paints Santa in a horrible light. It misrepresents the joy that the Santa Claus village stands for i don't like it it makes our, me so sad and upset it's so gray our listeners who love this movie oh, are gonna, gonna be so podcast. mad i don't care because you know what why they make it so gray why is santa's village uh, yeah. so gray no, why are they all living like, in like state like... sanctioned apartments <laughs> why is that why don't they live in their own home built little villages where they can go visit their neighbors and like well, probably there's like 60 of those elves that are late on rent this month that are going to be evicted 
literally like desolate, that was so scary i really didn't North. like it Asha's ready all. to throw hands and there's also listeners. like a clear hierarchy within the elves which is like making me so uncomfortable like why why is this actually it's an this army it is an out. army this is, no like honestly if you just switched it from like the title from like the polar express to like the communist express like right you back. would really like properly <laughs> represent so listening. many communist republics reviews. That's all I'm saying. I'll see you next time, yeah. I hate you, Polar Express. I hate you, Polar Express. Mixed reviews. Thanks for listening uh, for to a Christmas episode. Sorry, Ashley. We're just doing a bit. You guys suck. Thank you. Just like Polar Express's representation of the North Pole. All righty. That's okay. That was fun. I I enjoyed watching that movie. And I think Ash is right, right. But it's time to wrap it up. Thank you for for sticking with us and listening. We'll be back and not next week sometime. every other week sometime we'll be back one more christmas movie before the new year we'll be back when we're back but yeah all right mm, bye bye i just think it's stupid okay? i do i do think it's it's just it, it's so stupid it's so gray and it's so upset and angry i just want you to know Asha, that rant was hilarious Hey there, I'm Jackson's mom, and this has been Mixed Reviews with Tom McMahon and Jackson Brotherton. If you want to suggest a movie, leave us a voice message on our website. This has been a Jackson Studios Entertainment Production. Thank you for listening. What do I do? Press the space bar? Yeah, do whatever you want.